This episode was brought to you by Africa Way 2. You can follow that page on Instagram. And also please don't forget to follow your hosts, Fiona, at Faye, F-E-Y, the podcaster. And Bali is at B underscore 365. And don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. You can check us on Spotify, Apple, Google, and more. I don't want to start this over. Okay, so welcome to Ladies Checking In. Okay, let me start again. It is Ladies Checking In. Ladies Checking In. Okay, Ladies Checking In. You're going to be like, welcome to Ladies Checking In. I am Bali, and we are joined in by our my partner Fiona. Hey, hi. <laughs> and yeah, we're gonna be talking about everything woman, everything mother, everything sister, friend, wife, lover, everything that ladies everything. go through. Everything. I think the most whether it's challenges, whether it's welcome back to ladies checking in. I'm your host, Fiona. We're going to continue on this breast cancer journey. And it's been three weeks now since my second round of AC chemo, also known as the red chemo. Um, they refer to it as the red devil. And I remember when the nurse was like, you will know why it's called the red devil. And it's because of how it extremely makes you sick. It, it, it's just, it's a mess. You know, all the effects that come with the red devil are just extremely painful. You feel all kinds of sick, nausea. You weak. You don't know what to do with yourself. You feel helpless. And that creates frustration. I, I hate it when I'm out of control. I hate it when I have to ask um, people to do things for me around the house. It just frustrates me and it makes me angry. And, you know, you just become a whole mess of emotions because you know you're not in control and nobody wants that. And in the two rounds of chemos that I've already had, um, I have noticed a number of changes. So from the changes of my nails, my nails are now black. So I was told I would have something like that. I have very bad skin breakout. My face does not look nice at all. Um, and you know, just two weeks back, I went to get something called a chemo port. Um, that was my first surgery and it was extremely scary. Um, yeah, I'll explain my experience in surgery. So the chemo port is supposed to apparently make it easier to access the, um, what's this? Normally you get chemo through a drip. So I know someone was asking how, what is this chemo? How does it work? What, what actually happens when you go for chemo? So I go to the chemo ward. Um, it's a nice setup. Just you've got like very comfortable reclining chairs. You sit there, you settle down. So on a normal person 
who doesn't have a chemo port, they would instill a thingy, a drip, right, in your veins, a normal drip, so that you can receive the chemo uh, meds because they are administered through a drip. And it's six bags of medications that I get. So the first four would be the anti-nauseas and the flushing uh, meds. They flush out these things and then you get the chemo so i've got two chemos there's one bag that looks clear and then there's one bag that's the red devil so altogether i received six um bags of medication so i mean who wouldn't be weak after that you know what i mean so the chemo port so they say that with time if you don't have a chemo port your veins will collapse because I, I was starting to see that my veins were starting to become black um so at some point they collapse and it causes permanent damage so they decided i should go for a chemo port which i did so a chemo port is just like a it's a port small little thingy with like a pipe on it that is installed inside my shoulder so um it, for some for people that are uh, on my instagram they will see it's something that is it shows so i've got like this popping my skin is popped out you someone would think i'm swollen i'm not it's because of the chemo port inside so that's supposed to make it easy for them to administer the chemo through the port so a needle would go in there and then yeah it will be like a drip but it's a drip that is connected to my vein that delivers um what supplies blood to my heart so you know all this is very scary because with chemo on its own it could de- it could cause like permanent damage to the supply the blood supply to the heart and cause just some complications in the future there's so many permanent um, possible effects that come with chemo. It's so scary. Um, the fact that you would, you you told you chances of having a child could be decreased later because it decreases your egg count. You know, um, having problems in your joints, permanent problems in your joints for the, in, in in future. You know, um, there's so much that could go wrong. You know, with all this. Um, one of the other things is getting news saying, um, sorry, but your cancer is not responding to the chemo that you're receiving. I think that's one of the scariest things that anybody could hear, you know. So it's one of my biggest prayers to say to you, God, um, I don't know why I'm in this journey. It's so scary. I'm so young. I'm not strong enough. It's overwhelming. It's so scary. It's it just like it crawls in like it's a nightmare that is just like. It's, it's a never-ending nightmare. You know, you've got all these medications that cause pain. You know, when I went for my chemo port, I remember when I got back from hospital, I was in so much pain. I was so angry and I regretted the chemo port. But I knew I didn't have a choice. I had to get the chemo port. But it's just the constant pain. It's been two weeks since I got in the chemo port. And it just keeps on being painful and i think also because now it's cold so the cold when i get cold the the up gets really painful so it's just having to take that in you know 
and with all the chemo effects i also have extreme hot flashes they're so bad they make it difficult to sleep they make it difficult you know to be able to rest because i get so hot and now it's winter but i sleep naked basically i don't even cover my body because guess what i am feeling extremely hot and everyone is in jerseys and gowns and pajamas and everybody's just like trying to cover up and i'm not feeling any of that and it's just extremely frustrating it's extremely frustrating in all this i have to still try and keep a positive mindset you know everyone is just like you need to try and be positive you need to be strong you need to fight you need to this it's so easy to hear that from someone who doesn't know what you're going through it's so easy for people to tell you to be strong it's so easy for people to tell you to fight it's so easy until you are in that space where you're so scared and you just begging god to have mercy you know and i don't know it's just like i praying for a miracle you know for the cancer to respond quicker to maybe have my chemo sessions cut down you know when you have 16 chemo rounds it's so much and like i said the first four is the ac and then there's the last 12 that i'll be taking for 12 weeks that one will be weekly the ac is every 3 weeks and then the last 12 is every week so every monday i'm going to be in the chemo ward receiving my chemo and yes so after the chemo i go back home immediately and then i'll start getting sick when i get home after like 30 minutes or so and you know this journey entirely has been extremely overwhelming it's extremely overwhelming gosh it it causes so much conflict in my mind in my body in my spirit and for someone who is always so strong you know i'm always extremely positive i'm like one of those people that you know is out there and encouraging someone pushing someone to do better pushing someone to trust in themselves and never in my wildest dreams have i ever thought i would have cancer you know it's it still sounds so foreign and so weird and strange and and real like someone who pinch me and say oh that was just a dream oh, i was just a very long dream and guess what it's over but every day when i wake up i'm reminded that i have cancer and you know having the pain the chemo port pain reminds me that you know and just not being able to do much not being strong enough and i'm trying now to push myself to exercise again you know because i can't just sit and do nothing because the body is going to give in and eventually i'll probably face more problems because i'm not trying to exercise which is not easy also so you just like it's just like a constant mental battle you know you, you you find yourself in my shoes i have a partner i have children and as you know a wife a girlfriend 
um, whatever that you are when you have cancer and you have medication that makes you so sick you can't do certain things that normal couples would do it causes strain honestly in a relationship you can see your partner trying to be strong for you they also have their problems they also have their worries you know sometimes they get so exhausted i watch my partner get tired you know he's exhausted from work because work has been extremely overwhelming so he's been in a, like a space where he's extremely exhausted physically exhausted and then he has to try and be strong and not show that he's not okay that work is overwhelming and frustrating because he works with so many teams and even things are not going right that side it's frustrating when you have to then come back home and you have a wife that is not okay and you don't know whether um or not they are coping you know they're not okay but some days you don't know what's going on in their minds and i try not to show emotion you know i just sometimes feel like a burden you know maybe i'm not you know but i feel like it sometimes the fact that i have to be so dependent you know extremely codependent on being taken care of and being told at, by the doctor that you can't do much don't force yourself don't force yourself and when i force myself i end up in hospital so it's just been a, a roller coaster of emotions and it's just an exhausting journey it's extremely scary it's extremely just draining it's extremely draining but um with the lump also in my breast it's extremely it's like almost gone gone because i can't exactly like feel it like i used to so it's no longer like this big fat painful lump so i know i can feel this some lump but it's no longer like a big fat lump that i had so i would like to believe that the chemo is responding um my body actually is responding to the chemo so the chemo is working by god's grace and i i'm just hoping that this journey just keeps moving forward and next week i'm having my next chemo and i'm so nervous because i know how sick it's going to make me feel and so my chemo is on the 3rd of may on monday yet on the 4th which is on tuesday is my son's second birthday and then on the thursday is my husband's birthday so it's just like so strange that i won't be able to be present um in terms of my health to be able to do anything for them but i hope that when i do feel better i'm able to sh- just show up and make up for it you know you find yourself missing cooking for your family taking care of your family doing all the nice things doing all the planning of fun days and going out and whatever like you miss all of that because you're not your normal self you know it's it's a lot it's really a lot and i'm struggling to balance how i feel cuz one moment i'm okay the next i'm not and then i'm okay and then i'm not and i break and i cry and you know i just try not to feel sorry for myself but just to be kind to myself being kind and i've been praying lately for patience to say 
I'm in this season for a reason that I don't know yet, but maybe just sharing my story with someone can create a certain awareness for them. You know, they do mention that early detection saves lives to monitor your body, to check your body, you know, make sure you're okay. You know, um, it might change someone's story, you know, um, um, but I just need patience to get through this, not to rush this process, not to be like, okay, next week this, okay, I can't wait for the next week. Okay, I can wait. You know, it's it's like when a normal person, I, I always just want, I can't, I, I just want things to get done I because I'm a very impatient person, but I've been praying for patience to be strong, to be okay, to be allowing all the emotions, all that is going on to actually take place the right way. So yeah, um, this is what's been going on. It's, it's, it hasn't been easy for me. And you know, with every admission, because I remember when I was going for my operation for the admission, I had to do a COVID test and those COVID tests, nonsense things that the nasal swabs, they are just a nightmare. I hate that thing with all my heart, with all my being. It's just, oh, it's just the worst feeling ever. And that was like my third COVID test this year. I, I cannot do more. I, I, it's just too much. It's just too much. So you do a COVID test for pre-admission and then you obviously then have to go in for the surgery. And it's so nerve-wracking because that was, was my first surgery. I, I remember I waited, to, I waited in the normal ward where they come and get you later and they came i remember the doctor said um okay we're gonna have you will be our first person to go to the first surgery today you're gonna get your surgery done because it's 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 not a, a long procedure it's a quick procedure he said um i remember i went for my surgery around close to lunchtime i went alone to hospital that day my husband had to go to work because he had some meetings. I remember just went alone and not that anyone can be there anyway. So um, when they came to get me, I was so nervous. You know, they told me, you know, relax. Everything's going to go well. You get there, they explain. So before you go into the surgery space, you there's a space where you wait. Um, then they explain how everything is going to work. Um, then you go into the space, the surgery space where you told okay we're going to give you a, a drip and um the last drip you're going to get will put you out completely so you're just going to deep sleep um i remember they were cleaning me and um i can't remember most of the things funny enough when i was in that room but i remember when the guy was like okay so this is the last drip you're gonna slowly pass out and i remember my eyes like twitching i remember just like twitching once twice very slowly and then gone you don't remember anything else from there you just you, you just it's like you're dead basically i think that's what death feels like because you are extremely completely out of consciousness you you're not dreaming you're not thinking you're not feeling you are out of it completely for the longest time and eventually i was woken up i remember hearing a voice calling my name like fiona fiona 
Hi, open your eyes, please. You are in the recovery room. Your surgery is done. It is successful. And you, you can hear these voices. So you are in and out of consciousness. And you wake up in a very white, white space. You just like, <laughs> not sure whether you did or what's, what's going on. It's like, is that an angel calling my name? <laughs> it, it's such a weird feeling. And I remember calling out for my husband. And I was like, I want my husband. I want my husband. I want my husband. And I didn't realize that I did not have a voice. So no one could hear me. I could not move. I could not do anything. So I was in and out of consciousness for at least an hour and a half before they could eventually take me to the ward. And I remember being in the ward, um, Sister Fiona, coincidentally, um, she was the one taking me to the ward and she, and when we got to the ward, I was able to, she was like, are you in pain? I was able to say, mm, mm, so she could hear me. So she went to get me pain meds, leaving me lying flat on the bed. So she was supposed to tilt the bed. So when she went, left me unattended, I started feeling this like extreme, a lot of saliva running into my throat. Like it was kind of blocking and choking me. And then I felt nausea that was blocking my breathing. And I just literally was caught to death in that moment. And when she came back, I couldn't shout. She didn't give me a remote so that I could press for assistance. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And like all I could do was just like, mm. Mm, mm, I couldn't shout and eventually she came back and I was like please lift the bed up I was able to speak a bit she lifted and I was like I was choking from my saliva you left me unattended she's like there's no such thing as choking from your saliva you can only choke, choke from food and for that moment you know I was just like this lady cannot be serious how is she a health professional how is she a health professional if she could speak like that? You know, I didn't want to cause drama because I was just not okay. I was feeling nauseous. They, could, they gave me some small burn thingy where I could vomit. I vomited so I vomited on the bed so badly because I didn't have a chance to be able to say I have nausea. So I just vomited so badly that I had to change my bedding. And then I vomited again. So apparently there was the effects from the general anesthesia that puts you out during the operation and yeah they gave me i started feeling pain they gave me pain meds to control the pain and i was quite weak you know um yeah it was such a weird process but yeah i went through it and it's healing okay it's it's healing okay um yeah, it's, it's just been that for me. That's the latest update. Um, just taking it easy. I will be able to give an update again after my third chemo. Let's see how that works. Fingers crossed. I am grateful for the love. I'm grateful for the prayers still. Let them keep coming. Remember to follow me on Instagram. It's at Faye, F-E-Y underscore the underscore podcaster um and i'll follow back and you can follow up on my journey there and yeah um we just keep going and praying and hoping for this to heal and go back to my normal life i'll be having my surgery right after my chemo um 
yeah, I will just keep updating you guys. And thank you for the sisterly love. Keep being kind to everybody because we are all going through very tough challenges. And some are maybe different from others, but everyone's problem matters. And being there for one another, just being kind, that's all we can do. And be there for one another. Stay blessed.